1: Whether you're in your garden or hiking through the woods, we have you covered. Call now with your outdoor questions. In Appleton, call 281-1150 or outside the valley, 866-887-1150. From the Myron Construction Studios of WHBY, it's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. Brought to you by Brookdale
0: Appleton Senior Living.
2: Good afternoon, happy Friday, and welcome to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on this January 8th. Hi, I'm Haley Tenpass. We're joined, of course, by Rob Zimmer. Hi, Rob.
3: Hi. Oh, excuse me. Hi. <laughs> so good to be
2: back. Happy New Year.
3: Happy New Year. It's been forever since
2: we've talked. It really has. And and Happy New Year to all of our listeners out there as well. We'd love to hear from you today. 281-1150 is the number on our Settlers Bank phone lines, or if you're outside the Appleton area, 866-887-1150 on our TDS Metrocom toll-free line. But yes, Rob, it has been quite a bit. We have so much to catch up on.
3: I know, and so many people have been telling me the last couple of weeks how they missed the show, so... I think we have some happy listeners out there today, so
2: yay! Yay! Some so, happy hosts yeah. too, it, yeah.
3: <laughs> yes! Oh, yes! Especially, yeah. There's so much to talk about. Sorry about the sirens in the background. I don't know what's going on around me, but okay, they're gone. But uh, did you hear that?
2: Ah, uh, no. But I hope everyone's okay.
3: I know all these sirens are fantastic. Anyway, lots to talk about. It's been obviously it's been an amazing week. If you're following my Facebook page. Um, and obviously, you don't even have to do that if you just look outside. All this week, we have that amazing frost show, the rime ice that's been out there almost every day because we're kind of stuck in this weather pattern where nothing's really moving and it's just sitting over us. So, And it looks like we're in that, that weather pattern for the next week or so, too. So um, if you like mild, damp, not too cold weather, not sunny weather, it's, this is for you. Um, but yeah, the frost this week, all week long, has just been amazing. I've been posting lots of pictures and videos and stuff, so... Uh, it's just been a fun week to get out there and enjoy enjoy winter and uh, the bald eagles this week. We're gonna talk about that more later in the show. The bald eagles have just been spectacular all week long at Thousand Island, uh in Kakana and really all along the Fox River from from Nina all the way through uh Wrightstown. There's just been lots of them, even right downtown Appleton. But Thousand Islands they're seeing big congregations every day, you know, ten in one tree, twelve in one tree, eight in one tree. Uh so if you haven't done that yet, get on over there and uh check it out because the eagles are here Uh, unfortunately the photography kind of isn't the best because of the gray and dreary conditions but you can really see some some cool birds and speaking of cool birds if I have a second really quick to throw something in um, our friends at the Feather Wildlife Rehab uh, Pat Fisher who's been on the show many times um, she's posting an urgent request this weekend uh, for fish Uh, you know we've we've done this several times on the show before as you may know she's uh, cares for injured birds of prey and cranes and things and she has an osprey in her care and obviously osprey eats fish, fresh fish. So she so Uh, So very easy to find. And you can just bring them right to her door. Um, And if she's there, she'll give you a special treat, too. If you bring fish to her, she'll actually let you meet the bird. So that's a pretty cool treat right there to meet that osprey. And she might even let you hold it.
2: Yeah. That bird is so sweet, though, and so nice in the fact that she makes it easy for you. Just bring a whole fish. Don't have to do anything else to it. (laughs) Right. So
3: if you have a couple extra, if you're on a fishing trip and you catch, you know, 10 fish, give her four of them and keep six. Uh, and, again, that, that's four days of food for that osprey. If right. If you one a day. Right? right. The more you can get, the better. Yeah. And she, just drive on over there and drop them off. Or if you can't make it, you know, she said if you can freeze them, she'll come and pick them up even, too. So. Uh, but, yeah, she so she does need fish for that.
2: Yes. Let's help out our friends at The Feather. They do so much uh, for our feathered friends. And you can find yeah. details and over on Rob's feathers, Facebook page. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I did post it on my page, too, and it's also on her page. Speaking of birds, this this week was, uh, earlier this week was National Bird Day. I posted that on my page, too. So if you have some fun bird stories you want to share about this week, um, I have several. There's been a lot of, uh, we haven't been on in two weeks, there have been a lot of rare birds uh, still sighted in the area, and I have some updates on some of the rare birds that were here uh, that are pretty cool. Um, But if you have any bird-related stories to share today, uh, it was National Bird Day a few days ago. Uh, We can celebrate it today.
2: Yes, that's a great segue, Rob, because I actually received an email today uh, from Lynn with a great question about birds, and this is a great reminder to our listeners. If you do ever have a question for Rob, feel free to send it my way, and I'm happy to pass it along. So, Rob, here is Lynn's question. She said, uh, hey, Rob, I've noticed this year and last winter, the number of birds at my feeder seemed to be down. Have listeners or Rob noticed a decline in bird numbers?
3: Yep. I, actually, that's a very good question. I've heard that many times this year so far. In fact, yesterday uh, I did my first nature hike of the year at Brilliant Nature Center, um, and that was really fun, but uh, several of the people who came on that mentioned the same thing. And even when we were out in the woods, it was pretty quiet, uh, but we found out why later. Um, so uh, most of that is due to the weather. If you think about how this winter is going so far, we haven't. We've really had. We had a green Christmas. We haven't had much snow at all. Even right now, there's maybe three or four inches out there. It's really not enough to keep the birds from feeding. So there's plenty of natural food out there. In fact, on my Facebook page today, I was I was at High Cliff, and I was in the middle, like surrounded by this flock of 100 cedar waxwings. It was just wow. amazing. Um, yeah, and yesterday on my nature hike, we found a huge flock of chickadees that were feeding in some sumac berries. So uh, the point is, there's enough natural food out there in the woods and then probably even in your garden where they're finding food naturally. Um, seeds and berries, like these these birds were eating like I said, sumac and buckthorn and, and birch seeds and all sorts of other things. There's so much natural food out there. It hasn't really been that cold. We don't have really deep snow. So they really don't have a lot of reason to come to your feeders right now. Um, generally kind of watching, and, and again, we're kind of stuck in this, this kind of stagnant weather pattern too. So when it's like this, they don't really have any need to all of a sudden stock up. Like you know how before a snowstorm or before a blizzard, all of a sudden the birds really start to flock to your feeder and feed up. Uh, well, they don't have to do that because we don't really have any big storms coming. So they're just they're just cruising along, doing their thing out in the woods and, and in the parks and stuff, finding plenty of food on their own. Um, if we do happen to get a bitter cold snap or get a blizzard, you'll probably see some activity pick up, or if we get consistent deeper snow, uh, they'll come in. But right now there's plenty of natural sources of food out there. Uh, in fact, someone posted on my page when I was talking about the... Um, the waxwings, they said, yeah, they have them in their yard eating their crab apples. And another man posted that they have them eating their service dairy. So if you plant these food sources, these natural food sources, then they don't really need uh, to come to feeders. And the smaller birds, like the chickens and chickens, chickadees, <laughs> goldfinches, and some of those birds, again, they're finding so much natural food out there that they don't really need our freeze feeders yet. So hope that answers the question and we'll just have to wait and see how the west west rest of the i can't talk today how the rest rest of the winter plays out yeah that's, um, but the next week or so it looks like it's going to be pretty mild and pretty blah
2: that's a great that's a great uh question though and i'm glad you were able to answer it i too have noticed not not as many feathered friends yeah. and we put our christmas tree out for example for the birds and and no one has uh taken home in it either yet this year so yeah yeah
3: yeah so just just keep watching. If the weather changes and it gets colder and gets deeper snow, uh, they'll start coming in. But I think it's just its just been too mild and too um, green, basically. Even though it is kind of white, it's really not that deep. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now going to say something really important and
2: i forgot well how about you think about it rob we can take a break here if you want uh we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with more of outdoors with rob zimmer but a reminder that our phone lines are wide open for you 281-1150 is the number or 866-887-1150 we'd love to hear from you this is outdoors with rob zimmer on whby Welcome back to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer here on WHBY two eight one eleven fifty is the number if you'd like to call in and chat with Rob Zimmer who joins us of course every Friday at four. Hi Rob. Hi. All right. How you I, doing? I'm doing good. A little bit of eagles. You mentioned bald eagles, so yeah, felt, felt appropriate here. <laughs> Let's head to yes. the. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's head to the phone I'm lines. Today. <laughs> we, I was
3: thinking about something else. <laughs> okay.
2: We do have Christine on the line with us today. Hi Christine. Hi. Hi. So my question is I hear
3: I hear Rob talking about the wildlife rehabbers and uh, donating fish to them. I have kind of a weird question. Do you know if any of them would be interested in ham? I recently made a uh, big bone in ham and if you've ever done that, you know that you end up with almost just as much fat and gristle as you do meat. And I just saw that yep. the other day. I wonder if any of the wildlife rehabbers would make use of that. I'm sure she would, and and maybe if she's listening, I'm I'm not sure if Pat Fish is listening or not, but I'm sure she would, even for her personal bird feeder, because ham and the the grease and stuff like that, that's a really good thing, just like suet, uh, to put out for just your regular songbirds. You know, chickadees and nuthatches and uh, woodpeckers just love that kind of stuff. Any bird that eats suet would love that ham, crystal and ham, uh, stuff like that. So you could either use it in your own yard, or if you wanted to donate it to her, you know, bring it out there, because I'm sure... I'm sure some of the hawks and owls would eat it. Um, I just didn't you know, know if the, the salt content would would upset them or anything. I, I don't think so. I mean, it. It. it I was going to say you could give her a call, but she she's so busy she doesn't answer her phone much. Um, well, but I'm sure yeah, and I've I've, I've tried calling a few of them in the area, and they all, you know, say that they're not, you know, they're so shut down because of COVID and all that. So I'm not really getting through to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, you could, one place you could try, uh, Baby's Wildlife Sanctuary, they're always there. And that's the okay. Wildlife Rehab Center. So you could call them right. and just ask them, It, you know, if they want, I mean, if you have a lot, if they would like some. Because they have that huge bird feeder set up out there, too. Uh, if, you've got, okay. if you've ever been there, they have a huge array of bird feeders out there. But otherwise, just put it in your own yard for the woodpeckers. So all the woodpeckers would love it, and nuthatches and chickadees. They go crazy over that.
1: Okay. All right, good. Well, thank you.
3: You're welcome. All right, bye. Yeah, and that is a good question. Oh, yep, that is a good question, Christine, because I know um, uh, Pat Fisher, who owns the Wildlife Rehab Center, um, a lot of times she'll get carcasses of deer donated to her after, you know, once the hunters uh, take care of everything. Uh, She she gladly takes those deer carcasses to kind of just – it sounds kind of morbid, but she lives in the woods, so uh, she'll throw some deer carcasses out there or out in the prairie, uh, near her house, because then the bald eagles will actually come in uh, and feed on that. So she can actually watch the eagles feed on those deer carcasses. Or she'll just, again, hang them from the trees for the, the woodpeckers and some of the other birds. So um, I'm sure she'd take the ham.
2: It's a great question. And now I'm hungry for ham, I'll be honest. <laughs> I know,
3: right? <laughs> I'm hungry for venison now that I'm talking about deer. <laughs> yes. All but, right. Uh, also, this, yeah, also coming up, we uh, need to start registering this year, of course, with with everything going on. Um, with some of the municipal buildings especially in Kakana where Thousand Islands is uh, the the annual Bald Eagle Day celebration it's it's all virtual this year so um, if you want to see the live eagle program that they put on every year uh, from the National Eagle Center it's going to be done this year but it's going to be done virtually so what you need to do if you want to to register for that is you have to go to Thousand Islands Facebook page and click on that uh, event listing and get yourself registered to be able to watch that live eagle program. Uh, Again, unfortunately this year it won't be in person like it has been in the past because of everything going on, but they are offering it virtually uh, so your family can watch it online. Uh, And, of course, you can still go to Thousand Islands, like I was saying before. All the eagles there right now are are incredible. You can still go there and hike the trails and look for eagles at all the different locations there. Um, But their live eagle program is being done virtually. So go to their Facebook page and sign up uh, to get yourself registered for that. Live eagle events online.
2: (laughs) Okay, Rob, we do have another caller on the line. Rich is joining us. Hi, Rich.
1: Yeah, hi. This is uh, hi, hi, Rob. Your old old comrade, Rich Fisher, uh, Master Gardener of Washington County. I'm doing good.
3: Yes. We haven't
1: chatted since November when I was sitting up in my deer stand. I have no venison either, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh. I did take one shot with the muzzle loader, but it was a clean mess and by the time I got reloaded you know, it just takes a while. It was long gone.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you had a muzzle loader. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um
3: nice.
1: That was that was the only uh the only shot that it took. Anyways, um I uh I wanted to tell your listeners that now is a a great time to prune their trees. I was out in the backyard Pruning my apple trees with the earbuds on, listening to WHBY, and I thought I'll oh, I'll call in and say hi to Rob. Yes, Especially I love if have, it. If you have oak trees, uh, you want to do it now while they're dormant because uh, yeah, oak wilt disease. You don't want to you don't want to prune them during the growing season. A lot of people right. don't know that. And then yep. uh, the, the last thing, Rob, I wanted to tell you is that uh, you were looking for weird bird stories, and I have one for you.
3: Oh, Okay. Um, a
1: couple years ago, I talked to you about my wife, the other Pat Fisher. She she caught a bat while we were fishing.
3: Yeah, yeah. But
1: but she also before I knew her, I wasn't with her during this event. But uh, she caught a seagull while she was fishing. She casted out a <laughs> a, a minnow, and uh, a seagull took the bait off the top of the water, and she reeled it in and carefully removed the hook. With a walking oh. seagull, <laughs> she's, uh, she's got a lot of weird fishing stories.
3: <laughs> I love it. She she gets out there then, yeah, she all yeah. sorts of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
3: awesome. Does she does she catch a lot of fish too?
1: Oh yeah, she's she's a bigger okay. uh, can you call a woman a fisherman. She's a bigger yep. fisherman or really? fisher person than I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love the to fish oh, that's too. Awesome. With she, yeah. Uh, so, um, I guess uh, that's all I got to say. I'll go back to uh, enjoying the rest of your show.
3: Well, thanks. And, yeah, get, get some more pruning done before it gets dark.
1: Yeah. It's, it's well, the weather week. is good, too.
3: Yeah, it's, good. it's supposed to be good all the way through at least next week, they said. So, you know, plenty of time to get out there. And it's it's not too warm where you shouldn't prune. It's just right where you can still get all that stuff done and not really hurt anything. So, yep. perfect. Uh, in fact... All I got. Um, yeah. In fact, I noticed today that, or yesterday again, when I was on my my nature hike, some of the maple trees, their flower buds are already fully out, like the big red buds on the trees, uh, the maple, wow. some of the sugar really? maples, especially. Yeah. Usually, it's not until mid-February when I see that, but I noticed yesterday and today um, a lot of the maples. In fact, I'm just looking up right now, and I can see the buds up there on the maple tree. So, their red flower buds are just ready to pop open. So pretty I guess cool. You I
1: have. You and I are that in common, too, we're tree huggers. I like the buds on hickory trees. They're nice, big, huge buds. Yep,
3: yep, yep. Or uh, magnolias, too. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at a lot of buds today. The cottonwoods have huge buds on them. Um, The the American beaches have the huge, you know, toothpick buds opening on them. I mean, a lot of trees are fully budded, just waiting to go. So um, obviously they have several months yet, but uh, the maple syrup starts rising next month, so it's only like, you know, Four or six weeks away, and it's maple syrup tapping time. So it's pretty amazing
1: how fast it's going. Summer's coming. Days are getting longer.
2: (laughs)
3: Yes. It's 5 o'clock almost, and it's still light. (laughs) All
1: (laughs) All right. right. Thanks a lot, Rob. Appreciate your show. Yeah, you have a good good weekend.
2: Thanks for the call, Rich.
1: You bet. Bye bye
2: All right. Bye. Rob, perfect time to take our pause for our news updates, but we're going to continue the show in our next half hour. So stay with us. Join us even. two eight one eleven fifty is the number on our Settlers Bank phone lines. We'll be back with much more of Outdoors with Rob Zimmer coming up next here on WHBY. Welcome back to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer on WHBY. Just trying to encourage our friend the sun to come out one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> joined of course yes. joined Hi. by Rob Zimmer. Hi Rob. Hi. I did see it the other day. I think it was
3: two days ago I saw it for a little while. I was out hiking off when the sun came out and I posted it on Facebook and everyone's like, No way, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> uh, but I saw it, I have proof, I posted it on my page. Oh. Um I do want to mention a couple things, if I can. Do you have have anybody on the line?
2: No, no one's on the line. So give us a call, 281-1150.
3: Yep. I want to talk about a couple things. This weekend on Sunday, I'm doing a class, a program at Cedar Ridge Crafts and Gifts and Nina, where they sell my books, obviously. But um, I'm doing a program on hydrangeas. So if you're a hydrangea person or a gardener who wants to grow them and learn all about them, uh, it's hydrangea transformation. So it's kind of an all-new program. I'm going to show you guys how all the different hydrangeas that we can grow here in Wisconsin Kind of transform from week to week to week throughout the year. So, most of them, a lot of them, start out pure white, and then by the end of September or so, they're like fire engine red so I'm gonna, or pink and all these different colors. So, I'm going to kind of go through them, show you how they transform, and talk about the most c- popular ones and the best growing ones for our area. So, um, if you want to sign up, you have to actually go to my Facebook page or um, go to my email and just send me an email because, because of COVID and everything, we can only have 10 people in there. So um, my email address is just robdimmeroutdoors at gmail dot com. If you just email and reserve a spot, then we'll know when we get to ten people. So uh, do that. But that's going to be Sunday afternoon from one to three. So that'll be fun. I think. And then I'm also oh, and then I'm also doing on Tuesday, um, the twelfth. Tuesday the twelfth. Yep, I'm doing a program at Brilliant Nature Center on lichens so if you want to hear learn all about lichens i talked about them about a month ago on the show i talked all about lichens if you want to learn all about them and then take a little tour at brilliant nature Center to learn more about them uh again contact me at email rob simmer outdoors to just let me know you want to reserve a spot because because of again because of covid they can only let a certain number of people into the building so we kind of have to know uh for how many chairs so uh the, the hydrangea both of these programs are 15 dollars each so uh, if you're interested send me an email, or check out my Facebook page for all the details.
2: Perfect. I was going to say, Rob, I think hydrangeas get brought up a lot on this show from our callers, so that's a perfect yes. topic as we head into spring eventually.
3: Yes, and usually it's because people are buying ones that aren't aren't made for our area specifically, so it's the same same few varieties that usually cause the problems. So, uh, and I'll talk all about which ones are best for our area. And show you some beautiful pictures of them because a lot of people don't realize too that hydrangeas change in color every week or so. So they don't just stay the same color all year long; they change, and that's the amazing part of them. Like I said, they start out white, and by by the end of July and then into August and September, they could be completely red or pink or or bi white and pink. And, and there's just some really pretty ones. So that is coming too. Um, if I have time, I also want to count the app or talk about more bird stuff because it is it was National Bird Day. The Appleton Christmas bird count was done on December 19th, and they released their total. So I want to kind of talk about that uh, if I have time. Do I have time?
2: Yes, go ahead, Rob.
3: Oh, okay, <laughs> good. Just checking. Um, so they released their totals of the Appleton, for the Appleton Christmas, Appleton Bird Club Christmas bird count. Um, and it's pretty surprising. They had a, it wasn't a record year, but it was close. They had 74 species, which is pretty good. If you think about it, uh, in late December, in the middle of winter, 74 different species of birds is pretty good. So uh, we'll see if callers can guess what the most common one uh, is. Maybe I'll kind of hold off on it and see if anyone wants to call and guess what the most common bird found on the Appleton. Now, this is Appleton. The Appleton Christmas bird count, see if you can guess. Um, So I won't give that one away yet in case anyone wants to call. But some of the other birds that they found were pretty spectacular. They found uh, for common golden eyes, which I talked about on the show a couple weeks ago, they're those little green and white and black ducks that are all along the river right now. If you go down to the Fox River in Appleton or Kimberley or Cacana or, or Nina, those little black and white ducks, they're gorgeous, and they dive under the water. They found 2,987 of those. That's a lot of ducks on the river, So, and that's just one species. Uh, common mergansers, which are another uh, duck that we see a lot here in the winter, they also have kind of green heads and, and white bodies. A lot of people mistake them for loons because they look like loons. Uh, They found 650 of those, so pretty amazing. Wild turkeys, 160 on the Appleton bird count. (laughs) I'm just going through looking for some fun numbers. Uh, Herring gulls, herring gulls, 3,028. Morning doves, 764. So if you're keeping track, the most so far has been about 3,000, so 2,987 for common golden eyes. The most common bird is about three times that many, if that gives you a hint. So see if you can guess.
2: Yes. Um, Give us a call if you have an idea of what the number one spotted bird in the Appleton area was. Right, Rob?
3: Yes. Yep. The Appleton Christmas Bird Count. Okay. It'd be kind two of fun to collect callers. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Two uh, eight, eight one eleven fifty. Yeah.
3: Yep. Red-bellied woodpeckers, eighty-eight. Uh, even some kingfishers. They found five belted kingfishers in the Appleton area on the Christmas Bird Count. That's pretty cool. Uh, two flickers. Um, 68 Blue Jays. That seems kind of low to me, but 68 Blue Jays. Black Cat is 521. That's pretty cool. They found one tufted titmouse. Yay. I love those. We had, we had a call about those on the last show that we had. Remember that guy called about the tufted titmouse? Um, let's see. What else is interesting here? Starlings, 873. Of course, you're going to have a lot of those. Uh, cedar Wax Wings, 147. I'm looking to see how many Robins they saw. See if I can find robins on their list here. Um, Cedar Wax. Oh, I said that right. Cedar Wax Wings, 147. Maybe they didn't find any robins. I saw lots of robins, but apparently they didn't that week because it's not on their list. Unless I'm missing it. Red-tailed Hawk, 59. Bald Eagles. They saw 60 bald eagles that week, which is pretty cool.
2: Rob, we do Uh have some callers with some guesses.
3: Oh, good. Okay.
2: All right. We will go first to... We'll go first to Roger.
3: Hi Roger. Is he there?
2: Roger, are you there? Hmm. All right, we I might have lost that. we might have lost Roger.
3: Oh, sorry Roger. Roger, are you there?
2: All right, we'll circle back. So, we'll circle going. back. Yep,
3: 26 Trumpeter swans and nine tundra swans. So, even some swans made the Christmas bird count. Pretty cool.
2: We do also have Rob Mark with a guest.
3: All right. Hi, Mark. Good afternoon. Hey, first
0: time listener to Hi. your show. And I just happened to be in a workshop and I turned on WHBY and heard you and I talking about birds. Um, most common bird I got right now is I typically every evening have between 25 to about 36 morning doves.
3: Oh, cool! Right in your yard? I got right in your feeders?
0: Yeah, well, I have I have a sunflower tray feeder, so uh, they uh, go after that with reckless abandon. I usually go through about oh, 40 pounds of seed every three weeks.
3: <laughs> that's awesome! Yeah, on the, it wasn't the most common one, but they did see 764 morning doves, and sounds like you have a big percentage of those right in your yard. So, <laughs> <That's>,
0: <laughs> but then we also get the awesome. uh, chickadees, nuthatches, juncos. Uh, slate juncos, uh, hairy woodpeckers, downy woodpeckers, and, of course, uh, had uh, had some fun the other day. We're watching out back, and all of a sudden, every bird just took off. I mean, they just disappeared, oh. and all of a sudden, a little Cooper's hawk came flying in and landed in the tree.
3: Oh, yeah, he's been watching, or she, yep. <laughs> so that keeps them away for a little while. Yep. But, hey, oh, really oh, enjoyed cool. the show, and
0: I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep tuning in.
3: All right, thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Yep. Yep. yep, have a good day. Bye. All right. Bye. Yep. So I did I did find the robins. They did see 49 American robins on a Christmas bird count, so that's pretty cool. That yep. is cool. Yeah. So if you don't have any colors, I'll tell you what the most common bird was.
2: We do, do have one more guesser. Just... We have one more oh, guesser, okay. Rob. Yep, Elijah has right. a guest. Hi, Elijah. All right. Hello? Elijah, you got your guess?
3: Yes, the golden finch. No, it's not the it's not the goldfinch. Let's see how many of those they found. Um, I'm going down their list here. It's not in alphabetical order or anything, <laughs> and it's not in numerical order either. So the goldfinch, they have 215. That seems kind of low, but nope. So that wasn't the most common bird either. But good guess.
2: Arnie. All right. Thanks for the call, Elijah. So the most, yep. And
3: 200, 222 cardinals, 240 jungles. So the most common bird that was counted on the Christmas bird count in Appleton was the Canada goose.
2: Oh. And
3: guess how many?
2: Oh, my gosh. 500?
3: Oh, no. <laughs> this is this is pretty surprising. It's, it's not really surprising because I've seen a lot of them, uh, probably just many. Seven thousand one hundred and twelve Canada geese still wow. in the area. Uh, yep. Because if you think about it, when they did that, we it was green. Remember, the, December nineteenth, we hadn't had any snow by Christmas time, so it was a green Christmas and everything. So at that time, there's probably less now, but at that time of the count, there were seven thousand one hundred and twelve Canada goose Canada geese counted, and that includes and there's also four snow geese that were counted. So pretty cool that right in Appleton alone, seven thousand Canada geese.
2: Yep. That, that is incredible. So that's the most
3: common bird. Yeah, I that's... love it. So you wouldn't think, you know, that a Canada goose would be the most common bird during the winter, but sure enough. Um, mallards are also pretty pretty high up there. The mallards were in, uh, they were over 3,000, 3,152. So lots of waterfowl out there because it's been so warm and the lakes and rivers are still open.
2: Well, I was way off, Rob. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> 500. Yeah, 500. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, this is a good place to take a pause, though, and I think you probably have a top 10 list for us, right?
3: I do. I'm going to do – oh, that's right. We didn't talk about that. I'm going to do top 10 winter fungi to look for. So if you go out in the woods, 10 winter mushrooms or winter fungi to look for.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We will come back with that in just a moment. So stick around. We've got much more of Outdoors with Rob Zimmer coming up next on WHBY
0: cuz you know it don't matter anyway you can rely on the old man's money you can rely on the old man's money.
2: Welcome back to Outdoors with Rob Zimmer here on WHBY I'm Haley Tenpass and of course we're joined by Rob Zimmer Hello to you Rob
3: Hello mm-hmm. um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit really quick I want to talk about something that's coming up with the Brown County Master Gardeners uh, up in Green Bay uh, I'm part of this too They're doing, every year we talk about this for for winter. They do their winter gardening series. They have three monthly programs on different gardening topics. And this weekend, or this month, or this year, I'm going to be one of the speakers. Um, Usually they're in person, but again, because of everything going on, these are going to be virtual or Zoom programs. Uh, The first one is going to be February 2nd, and that's design your food growing system and permaculture. So that's going to be all about growing your own food at home, which, as you know, we've been talking about it all year on the show. It's been very popular this year because of the virus and everything. People are growing a lot of their food at home. Uh, so February 2nd, design your own food growing system. Um, and that's going to be from, again, the Brown County Master Garners. The March program, that's me. I'm going to talk about spring wildflowers. So trillions and hepaticas and skunk cabbage and Virginia bluebells and all of that. That's going to be my program on March 2nd. And again, these are all virtual programs, so they'll be over Zoom. And then on April 6th, Uh, is going to be an herb program. Uh, It's going to be integrating herbs into your garden and uh, the benefits of them. So an herb program, that's on April 6th. Now these, you have to register with the Brown County Master Gardeners. Uh, If you go to their Facebook page or go to their website, if you just Google Brown County Extension Office and then click on the Master Gardener section, you can sign up for these. They're $10 per person, per session. Um, They're all going to be 6 to 7.30 at night. So there's Zoom programs. Uh, and that's a, a one-hour lecture followed by a half-hour Q&A. So it's going to be a great series. Unfortunately, this year they can't be in person like they usually are, but they're going to be uh, still just as great, just as awesome on Zoom if you've, if you've had any experience with that. If you haven't, this will be your first one. But you do have to pre-register for these. And, again, go to the Brown County Master Gardener's uh, Facebook page or their website, the Extension Office, to sign up.
2: Okay, perfect. Thanks, Rob.
3: Okay, yes. And thank them for inviting me to speak. I, I love talking about spring wildflowers. So, yeah. Um, but first, I'm going to talk about winter fungus or fungi. Fungi? Because I'm a fun guy, as everyone knows. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about um, if you're out in the woods this week or next week or whenever, it's, it's all winter, really. You can find these uh, 10 different winter fungi to watch for. So uh, number 10 is black knot. That's We saw a lot of that on my nature hike yesterday, black knot. It looks kind of gross. It looks like on the stems of the, um, a lot of the trees and shrubs, you have this, like, black, blobby substance that's all over the stems. Um, that's a fungus. It's not, uh, it's not a horrible, horrible fungus that's going to kill anything, but it, it's kind of ugly. But it's just black blobs all over the trees. And I included it in my list because a lot of people always ask me what it is. So black knot. Uh, number nine is ricci. Ricci is a very popular medicinal mushroom, and you can see it all winter long. Uh, in the winter, it's actually very pretty. It's a, uh, they also call it, another name for it is hemlock varnish, varnish shelf, uh, and that gives you a clue where you find it. You only find it on hemlock trees, which are uh, conifers, and the varnished shelf, it gets its name that because it's a really shiny reddish-brown color, like a chestnut color, but it's very shiny. It almost looks like it's been lacquered or, or um, varnished. So that is number nine. Number eight. Uh, lemon drops. Lemon drops are one of my favorite little fungi, or funguses, fungi. Uh, they're little tiny yellow mushrooms that you see growing on, usually on dead wood, on the forest floor. So you have to find wood that's not buried under the snow, obviously. But you see these bright lemon yellow, little little yellow dots that can be maybe as big as a pencil eraser, usually even smaller than that, but they can just cover sections of, of dead trees. Uh, and you just you can't mistake it because of the color. It's bright, bright lemon yellow. Uh, number seven are the horse hoof mushrooms, or they're also called tinder conks, C-O-N-K. Uh, those look like, exactly like horse hoofs on the side of the trees, which is why they get that name. They are a shelf fungus or a bracket fungus, but they're kind of thick, and they look just like a horse hoof. Uh, and they call them tinder conks because that's what, you know, the, the Native Americans and early settlers would use them uh, as kind of like charcoal. You light those on fire, and they stay burning for a long time, so they would carry them around like. Tinder starter or a fire starter, kind of some cool history. Number six, uh, puffballs. You can still see remnants of puffballs on some of the logs and trees, and they'll still puff if you take your little fingers or your your feet and step on them. They'll still puff up their spores. So puffballs are fun to find in the winter. Number five is artist shelf. That's a really big one. It can be as big as you know a foot, eighteen inches across and wide. Um, it's another shelf fungus or bracket fungus, so it looks like a shelf. And this is the one you see in a lot of art shows and craft shows and craft stores where people would burn on them or paint on them or draw on them because they just have that really smooth surface that you can do that on. Uh, so they call it artist's shelf. So, number four are the turkey tails and false turkey tails. Those are just beautiful little mushrooms that grow in layers. Uh, they're another shelf mushroom, but they grow in layers up and down the size of trees. And sometimes you get an entire tree that can be covered with them. Uh, and they call them turkey tails because they kind of look like that. They're different color- different shades of brown and tan and gray kind of stripes, and they, they look just like a fanned out turkey tail. Uh, number three is, where is number three? <laughs> Resinous polypore. That's a really cool, I call it the chocolate mushroom because when you see it, uh, it's this, this time of year anyway, it's this really rich. Dark chocolate brown, and it looks like velvet. Like if you reach out and touch it, it's got almost like a hairy velvet texture. It's just a beautiful, beautiful fungus. Um, That's another pretty popular medicinal one. Number two is called witch's butter. That's another really colorful one. It looks like a a little blob of butter uh, on a tree, but it's bright, bright neon orange. So if you're in the woods in the winter and you see these little blobs of bright neon orange, kind of just looks like a little blob of wax or butter, uh, that's called witch's butter. They're really common around Halloween. That's where they get that name, uh, when they're pretty big and bulky. This time of year, they're kind of shriveled up a little bit, but you still can't miss them with the color. And number one is one of my favorites. It's birch polypore. So birch polypore, obviously, it only grows on birch trees. That's where it gets its name. And it's this really pretty metallic gold on top. And then underneath, it's got like these uh, comb-like teeth that can be gold or white. Uh, And it's just a really beautiful, beautiful fungus. And they can be anywhere from the size of a quarter to the size of, a, you know, almost a basketball. They can be pretty big if they're left uh, undisturbed on the side of birch trees. And they usually grow on dead birch trees, either standing or on the ground. So that's birch polypore.
2: Wow. I'm ready to go exploring, Rob. You've given me quite the list to hunt for.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's fun to go out there. Winter, like I said before, winter is one of my favorite times to go looking for fungus and lichens, which is the top of my program at Brilliant Nature Center next week. Uh, so we'll go on a little lichen hunt and we'll probably see a lot of these fungus too. A fun guy too. <laughs>
2: well Rob's a fun guy and he's here every Friday from four to five. So Rob have a great rest of your week and we'll check back oh my with God, you. Is it time already? It's time already, so we'll okay. have to check in with you next week, all right? All right, we'll see you then. Thanks, Rob. We do have Focus Fox Valley coming up next on W H B Y.